Call to order. I call to order this January 22nd, 2024 City Workshop. Roll call. Mayor DePew. Present. Councilwoman Gillis. Here. Councilwoman Bennington. Here. Councilwoman Dalbo. Here. Councilman Powers. Here. City Manager Irby. Here. City Attorney Wolf. Here. City Clerk Zlotnick present. Presentation, proclamations, and discussions. Item 2A, development service presentation or discussion. Correct. Continue on. Item A two: food truck regulations. Um, Mayor, I'd like to make a suggestion on how we do this. Okay. Um, I know Ryan has done a lot of work putting all this stuff into it, but I would like us to, as a council, discuss each item amongst ourselves. And then if we decide to go forward with it, listen to what Ryan has, has done for us and see if we agree with what he's done. That way we'll save a lot of time. We, we may not have to go over every every item if we don't all agree. You know, it's a, it's a workshop. It's just, I'm just putting it out there as a way that we can, you know, and let the mayor set the agenda on which way he wants to do it because, like I said, it's free talk. Yeah. So... That sounds great to me. I just didn't want to. I know Ryan's done a lot of work, but before we decide, I'd like us to decide amongst ourselves. You mean if it's something that we're even um, interested in? Yes. Yes. Okay. If, if something we're not going to move forward on, we don't need to hear all the right. regulations and the ordinances. Correct. Okay, I understand. Correct. So. Yeah, I have uh, Ryan Solstice, Development Services Director. So these ideas in here were springboards to get you started. It was balancing the desires that I heard from each of the council members, trying to put them into an ordinance and looking at adjacent cities and what they do to regulate. So a lot of this language in these ordinances has been taken from other cities um, and just adopted to fit what I thought was the balance between the desires of each council member. Um, I would be happy to go into depth on any topic to the specific ordinance here, but again, it is subject to change based on the wishes of council. Okay, well, let's start with the first discussion of food truck regulations. Would we like to know our current regulation before we speak moving forward? Yeah, that would be great. Okay, so don't, don't sit down. We may have questions. <laughs> okay, in between. I'll, I'll just I'll stand at the diet. <laughs> we don't know what we're really doing here. All right, so Order for food trucks, the state uh, basically has kind of preempted this municipalities and counties as far as um, what can be done. Um, so we can regulate where they are operating, time duration. What we can't regulate essentially is issuing them permits. That has been preempted. Um, so they don't need to get a permit from the city or the county. They, it's from the state. It's a oh. state permit. Um, but what the statute does allow, yeah, thank you, Bonnie. 
Um, and this is basically allows us to put in regulations. So essentially what I tried to do in the adopted ordinance um, was to just regulate where they were going to be, where they could operate, the hours of operation, so it was from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, one thing that I know is somewhat of a concern is that we have a lot of brick-and-mortar um, family-owned businesses, and so to limit them or to exclude them from operating on those same parcels where those brick-and-mortar family-owned businesses are already operating on, um, to limit only two per site, to not cause a reduction in parking that would kind of impede um, just general traffic and accessibility to different sites, uh, requiring them on paid, paved surfaces, uh, waste collection, and then dictating where they could operate. So B3, highway commercial, light industrial, heavy industrial, recreation, public, semi-public, zoning designations. Now, so this does not allow, like, say someone wanted to rent a food truck in their backyard. So this would not include that in this model ordinance. Uh, it's something that you could think about if someone wanted to have a party or some sort of HOA at that point. Um, but And then about signage. So in, in the PowerPoint, there was kind of examples of people that had ridiculous signage on their um, trucks. And so this would just limit it to the truck itself. Um, so that, that's the... Like that pig. The pig. <laughs> yeah, like the pig. So technically the pig's fine. That one was just demonstrating, like, obviously you can't park across multiple spaces. You can't park in loading zones. Um, and so that's what... And then also with all the boards outside and um, the flag, you know, it's just, it's limited to the truck itself. Okay. How did this come up? I didn't know it was an issue to begin with. Uh, we've we've had a lot of food trucks um, coming into the city. They're becoming very popular um, as an alternative means to establish brick and mortar businesses because this starting is not as expensive as renting a commercial space. So um, it does give a great variety, but there's also you know some caveats here that you know we do have established businesses in the city, and we need to be conscious of those who are paying those commercial right. rents to operate those businesses. So I, I am concerned because they're going to have a generator and have gas lines and those sort of things, which typically a fire marshal or somebody like that would inspect. So the state permit that they receive, is that like an annual permit? Correct. I believe it is an <laughs> annual permit that they have to receive, and it's for everything inclusive. Sure. In. Okay. So then in theory, we then can't require like a special event permit or a permit that would require or initiate then an inspection on their, you know, on their gas lines and on the generator. So that's prohibited that's, in the... Yes, yeah. that would be prohibited as I read the statute. You also right. can't ban them citywide also. Right. That would be prohibited. Yeah. No, that's fine. Oh, I was just... You can't ban? Correct. So I was just concerned about... Citywide. Inspection process. So they get an annual permit from the state. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> I guess I do have a question with that. Um, so we're not getting, um, there's no fees that they have to uh, get from the city, so we're not able to, to tack on a little something, you know, as, as, our, as our brick and mortar pay, business tax fees, and all those things that they pay to do business in Edgewater. Uh, the food trucks are exempt from contributing anything to our city, uh, like the brick and mortars, correct? Correct. So this essentially, 
yeah. you know, establishes some rules and regulations because there are a lot of benefits. But obviously this does keep them out of parcels where there's already an established restaurant or food service industry. Correct. Correct. Um, I think which is the biggest win for our local small businesses who are obviously investing into the community and not just sort of going wherever. So, yeah. Having options for places to go to eat. This is a silly question, but let's just say a restaurant does give written, written permission for someone to be outside their establishment because of this ordinance. Well, can we allow yeah. it? Or so we'd it? have to write it in that we could, of course, write it into that regulation that with permission from the property owner, from it would have to be the property this owner, is, from the property owner, um, a food truck may operate on a site that has one. Now, you know, that's up to your guys' discretion. My concern with that would be that the property owner may not be the business owner. So then just because I own a rental property doesn't mean the person operating that business and is going to be okay with that, let's, then I'm allowing it. So let's yeah. write it for business because the example of it. Can we write it for business owners, though? That's going to be a question. For or does it have to be the parcel owner? I think it would be the way we craft this this specific line in the ordinance. May I, may, before we go any further, are we interested in doing this? I am. I like it. Okay, okay. All right, that's all I wanted to know. I don't have a problem with it either. Oh, um, sorry, I think, I yeah, I think it would really depend on how we craft that language. Um, my gut reaction is need to be the parcel owner because that's who you're you're basically parking you're on their property on their property right in a business in a, in, a, in a parcel owner could give them permission but then it would be in conflict with maybe a brick and mortar correct yeah so if someone owns a strip mall and in there there's multiple tenants correct. that operate and yeah he gives him the right to do it then yeah that gotcha. would cause a conflict yeah I, I like the way it's written now just personally But it's definitely something Aaron and I can explore um, and try and craft that to come up with some sort of way to allow, still allow those property owners who do want to rent them. You know, that's something we can. Well, let's just say there's a couple businesses I know in town that some are open for breakfast, some are open for dinner. If there's two or three restaurant owners that came together that were friends with a food truck owner, perhaps one of them to set up on their location to advertise what kind of dinner options or breakfast options they have and they come together, I just, I would hate for them not to be allowed just because sure. of the ordinance. It is all. That, that was just like Peggy's reply, just little businesses like that. We have an AM cafe, like what he was saying, with uh, some of these businesses that close at 2 and then that property is just has nothing going on for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, so that may be something to consider. That's my only concern. I think it's a wonderful ordinance. That that would be my own. Yeah, it could be worded somehow. Um, while 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 this business is not in in business during normal operating hours, that would be great. Okay, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Because I know several food truck owners who do that in, in Daytona and South Daytona, various places. And code enforcement's got to be critical in any of these that we do tonight. As far as I'm concerned, if code enforcement can't keep up with it, then we need to seriously consider what we want to do. You know, as it, it, 
you can have all kinds of rules, but if nobody's enforcing them, what good are they? Type stuff. <coughs> and I didn't mean that back to anybody. <laughs> Directed. It wasn't. It was just overall comment. My only other suggestion, Ryan, is yeah. there is a clause in the statute that if the owner of a licensed public food establishment operate also operates a food truck, they're allowed to operate under the same hours as the licensed establishment. I don't know if we have any that would operate more than 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Okay. I'll take that into consideration, especially with this part that the mayor had suggested. Um, is there a general consensus? If I can formulate that and bring it back, is that something that you would like to I think see? Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Thank you. Moving forward, item three, pawn shop and tattoo parlors. How did that come? Um, so, I can tell you a situation. I don't know if I brought it up, but um, there's there's one tattoo shop that's located on U.S. One for the past ten years. He's trying to move his established business just simply across the street, and he's not allowed to just because of our, our current ordinance. So I'm sure Ryan could get into that in the current. current I've also had a reputable business owner come forward who wanted to open a pawn shop and was told they couldn't because of the zoning regulations unless they wanted to put it in an industrial, and he's going to go to industrial for a business. Yeah, so this change for to allow them in, as a conditional use permit and highway commercial. Um, some people have approached me from the public about uh, one person actually operates a tattoo parlor in Edgewater, but in the light industrial um, area right now and finds it kind of unsafe um, for to bring her clients there. Um, and so she was asking, you know, what can I do to change this and I said well unless I change the code nothing at the moment because it's in our light industrial which is really our nuisance category for the city so essentially this change would allow it's still they have the right to operate in light industrial but they would have they could come to the planning and zoning board um, to get a conditional use permit and the planning and zoning board um, very similar to kind of the restrictions in the light industrial with setbacks from other sort of businesses that are incompatible um, or uses that are incompatible, such that 250, 250 feet from a pre-existing commercial establishment that sells or dispenses alcohol, that's just to prevent people from drinking and then going and get a tattoo, um, just in essence. And then 250 feet from a religious institution, 500 feet from, I need to, update that pre-existing park, public park, and then a 1,000 feet from an educational institution. Um, and then to just provide screening um, on that. And then Mr. Wolf did indicate that uh, the hours of operation here, um, there is a state bill, so I couldn't restrict them to what I have in here. Uh, I think it was the hours of 12 a.m. and 6 a.m. Right. That's the only restriction we can place between midnight and 6 a.m. for pawn shop. Um, so, pawn, a, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Pawn shop or tattoo parlor? Pawn shops. Pawn shops. Yep. Okay. All right. But the tattoo parlors, we could 
have the hours so I could clarify that in the ordinance. Um, and in order for the Planning and Zoning Board to grant a conditional use permit, they'd have to find that they've met A, B, and C in this ordinance. You wouldn't just want to keep that at the staff level? That's what I was going to ask. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we certainly because could. Because there's criteria, I'd rather that be left to staff. Okay. Yeah, because conditional uses have to go to the board. Ah. It would have to be permitted. It would just be by, a permit. Yeah. Permitted by right, subject to you meeting the conditions. Sure. And the, the only other suggestion I had for uh, tattoo parlors is maybe we could add religious. You know, that it has to be 70 feet from a religious. Um, right now I have it at 250 feet. Oh, okay, great. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. So if we kept at the staff level, it wouldn't be conditional. It would just basically they would apply for a permit and then have to check off certain requirements. Correct. Yeah. So if they came in for a building permit or a business tax license, um, they would have to demonstrate. Well, staff would review it and that they're within so many feet. Obviously, that their hours of operations make sense, and then you know, just all the other A, B, and C. Correct. Correct. Um, my concern with it um, being at the P and Z level is the same concern that I have. Any board is that it's a group of people <laughs> who are infallible sometimes. So yeah. I think just to, or who are fallible, um, but to to create consistency, I almost would rather it at the staff level and just make it a permit. And if they meet the requirements, then they meet the requirements. So. And those are some of the requirements that are already in the land development code for um, like bars. Right. That they don't have to get a conditional use permit just when meet the they apply for their BTR yeah. for yeah. the zoning review of it, the planning staff. Because my concern with that, Ryan, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, would be, you know, a, a proposed tattoo parlor or pawn shop would apply for the conditional use permit. They come before P&Z. They might check all the boxes off, but then P&Z still just says, mm, don't want you there, right? Yeah, so it, it it's kind of like the variances, so right? So it becomes political, and yeah. So I'd rather take that part out of it. Yeah. Okay. That's just where I am with it. I don't I know where everyone else is. Yeah. Make it, make it the same across the board and check all the boxes. And a little more consistent. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Seeing no further concerns, feather flags, decals, and more. Okay, let so, me ask the council. Well, he's digging stuff up. How do you guys feel about feather flags? I'm, I'm for feather flags. Why? Uh, I would like to see feather flags out um, so it can attract uh, attention to a business who may be nestled somewhere where no one may know there is a, a delicious bakery shop around the corner behind behind a development. And these flags, oh, I forgot they were there. Turn them in. And it just takes a few times to get into a habit of going to a place before it becomes a habit. Not that the flag has to be there all the time, but I think it's, I think it would be a, a good asset for the businesses. I know we've had a lot of businesses request uh, this topic. I think I think this is going to be one that we're going to have to work through, yeah. <laughs> Gigi. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I would like to see what's proposed. Obviously, what what how you crafted this, and then because um, I I think I have a I do have some hesitation with the way it is now and. But I kind of want to see where it is and then go, go from there. So. Yeah, sure, certainly. Of course, yeah. Councilman Powers uh, makes valid statements. Okay, so the way that, um, Connie, could you go to the map one? Yeah. 
So the way this is, I guess one more, please. Um, so it's a little bit smaller. So the way this is divided is that I had Frank, our GIS technician, um, to map out certain zones in the city. And I know we have to work on the number of businesses in each. Um, but essentially, so you would be allowed a feather flag once per month per quarter. For how many days? 30 days. 30 days. So in a year, you would be allowed a feather flag for four months in a calendar year. But it would rotate, though, to avoid some of that cluster that you can experience. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So this is the caveat how we limit the amount on there is that we only issue a certain portion of the flags per month. Yeah. But if you apply one month and you get your 30 days in, obviously month two and month three, you <coughs> can't apply. You, you, you can, but you yeah. won't get the feather flag <clears throat> permit so that only so many businesses per 30-day period are actually out. But it still allows each business to have the opportunity once per quarter to have 30 days of having a feather flag out. <coughs> okay. Yeah, because I think inherently the feather flags aren't so much the problem. I think it's the unintended the unintended consequences. So the you know the hundreds of thousands of dollars that that CRA tax dollars have gone towards to support the uh, facade grants in the CRA district and all of the work that's gone on there, um, and then the business owners who have then matched those grants and spent millions of dollars in improving you know their facade. I am concerned about some of the the cluster that obviously could be created. Now, this is working to, to avoid that. Correct. Um, and is it just one per business then? Correct. Okay. One per business for 30 days per quarter. Yeah. I and just think so, there, yeah. So, it, for example, say there's, you know, 24 businesses in this said zone, and said zone spans, you know, X number linear feet. Um, essentially, we'll only issue eight permits a month. Okay. So, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So, so month one, eight people, first eight people get their permit. Month two, the next eight. Month three, the next eight. That way it gives every single person in that zone one month. But there's no days. more than eight at one time. In that zone. Sure. And then the permit expires on the 30th day. Correct. Okay. Correct. And so it, it, it is a lot of administration. Oh, so that's a lot of flipping manpower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's, I have a problem with that. So, so that's mm -hmm. why there's a the fee is what it is. It's a hundred dollars, correct? Oh, jeez. So yeah, but again, so it's they, a workshop. It's, so, yeah. but it. Uh, yeah. I just want to caveat. It will take a oh, lot of staff. No, that's power. a lot, a lot of, of administrative work. time. So, but however, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, having been on the council when we got rid of the feather flags. It took a lot to get rid of them. But our city looked like carnival with all these feather flags. And if you allow a business, my opinion, if you allow a business to have a feather flag for 30 days every quarter, you're going to be inundated with businesses having feather flags all over the place. And how are you going to physically keep track of the ones that are legitimate, that need to come down. I mean, they're going to get lost in, in the shuffle of everything. Uh, I, I don't mind allowing feather flags 
to new businesses for a certain period of time. But I don't think an existing business needs a feathered flag. And, and it, we took a lot to get rid of them because we were the, the laughing stock of the county with all these feathered flags we had flying all over the place. And I am totally uh, against them other than we put some real strict restrictions on them. And I don't think existing businesses should have them. I will say that the, you know, in, a, in addition to the CRA grant and the millions of dollars um, that we've put into enhancing or attempting to enhance front facades, new businesses also then have, you know, additional um, landscaping requirements. And, like, there's just a lot that has gone into it over the last 25, however many years yeah. that. Um, where I am with it, I, I do find it hard to believe that, okay, maybe businesses aren't making it in a certain location. I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. Besides having a flag. Besides just a flag. I, I, agree. Um, I agree. So I would be comfortable with um, how many days can a new business have, it, have, have like, welcome signage, banner signage now? 30, yeah. just 30 days? So I, is that from, like, the issuance of a business tax receipt? That's when they apply for the permit. Oh, they still have to go get a permit for it. Yeah, I mean, I think, wait, no, I mean currently. Yeah, yeah currently. Oh, currently. Currently, if you want a banner sign, you got to come and apply for that. And how much is that from? Sorry. No, no, it's okay, yeah. Um, I would want me to get back to you. I don't believe it's that much. Okay. Um, it's less than what I prefer. But it would only be for a new business, obviously. Correct. The way that we have it's it. for the grand opening. Sure, okay. So, I guess, so here was my idea walking into was um, for new businesses allowing one flag like a, or a banner or whatever, however you want to do it, for 60 days from the, from the issuance of a business tax receipt. I guess the problem with that is you can have a business tax receipt issued but then not be open. So then, you know, I might have my business tax receipt issued but then not <coughs> actually open for another month, <laughs> right? Or, correct, correct. And then... I mean, I guess one thing, on just looking at it from staff's perspective, is identify, how do we identify which new business tax, you know, because people have to reapply for business tax license. How are we going to... Right, so how do you know which one's a new one and not a new one? Yeah. yeah. And so, how do I, I you know, it would be... Yes, obviously we know certain businesses are certainly there, but someone, you know, you could also change the LLC at any point. Right, and change the name and then... So let me ask you this then. When somebody comes in to get, in, get a permit currently for their 30-day um, opening, how do we differentiate now? Like, I mean, how do we tell the difference now whether or not it's going to be renewed? I don't think the code sets that I mean, they put the property address for one. Right. Two, typically staff have just recently approved either the CO um, there has to be some sort of factor for us to identify that it's a new business. I mean, most of the time it's just we look at data the CEO. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm just saying, like, what's the difference between the way we have it now? And then obviously there was concerns with the DPR side. So to me, it's like it's kind of just picking and choosing at that point. So, um, okay, well, I would be willing to extend it from 30 days to 60 days then. And then maybe to be fair to existing businesses, adopted this program, but then only for a year, but then that gets into regulation, which is weird. 
So I, you know, that was just a idea that I had just to be fair um, to existing businesses. Um, but I just think that it's gonna, I think the unintended consequences, in my opinion, with just the, the, the appearance of what has really millions of dollars have been spent to improve. So, um, and a lot of business owners have then invest a lot of money to meet certain landscaping requirements and jump through a lot of hoops and do all the things that they're required to do. So, you know, our, our current process now, I think I'd be willing, I always have the organs. Anyway, I would be willing to extend it for 60 days with a permit um, and then maybe see how we can work this new program in for, you know, maybe a year. But, um, I don't know, that's just where we I can, We can revisit it like in, in six months. What I, I was gonna suggest, sorry, I don't know. That's all right. Um, I was gonna suggest, we haven't done this in quite some time. When was the last time, do you happen to remember when we vis we visited Feather Flag? Oh God, it was probably pre-recession. Yeah, so what I was gonna suggest is we put a temporary, some kind of ordinance together, not necessarily this one to see if we do have the staffing requirements that can even keep up with these flags, and um, if moving forward, if, it, if it's going to be a concern of a small business or if the council likes it, if we get positive feedback from the community. But um, I was going to suggest a, a temporary ordinance for possibly 60 or 90 days to, to see what we think. Waters. Test the waters, exactly, um, and see moving forward if it's something that staff can keep up with. I do have a couple questions. Um, will it be only for brick and mortar? Because they're like they're like home-based businesses. I don't know. Um, yeah. So your neighbor has a home-based business. They're going to have a feather flag in their yard. I don't know. I just, no. So this no, was. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, you never know. That's why I was. This was limited to B two, B three, B four, I one, and I two. Oh, perfect. And also, yeah. um, will they be bringing the flags in at night? Is that going to be part of the requirement so they they don't get left out? Yeah. And if they do get left out. What will happen? Will there be like a one, two, three warning and then? Yeah, so. Um, yeah, enforcement, that's a good issue. Kind of written in here. Um, so feather flags displayed without a feather flag permit will be in violation of this section. Will result in code enforcement action. Feather flags may be confiscated at the owner's expense if placed in the right-of-way. Uh, if they're not in good condition, three repeated offenses shall result in the violator being prohibited from acquiring a feather flag permit for one year. That's fair. Okay. What about um, what? Sorry, for you. weathering requirement. What happens? Heaven forbid if we do get a hurricane. Um, would that code enforcement then confiscate, or would it be up to the owner? How would that necessarily work? Because heaven forbid we don't we don't want it to go through someone's window. Yeah, so I think we would lean on emergency powers and lean on what is best in the public welfare at that point if, if, if a hurricane is imminent and there's still feather flags, yeah, we would most likely confiscate like, them. Even like that staff may empower communities. I didn't think about that. You know, that's to, okay, everything else you're doing to secure the city and like now let's go worry about planting them flags at our window drop. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think where I am with it, I just think there's so many factors that go into business and um, I think other than extending our current program for a 60-day period I that's just I think I'm outnumbered on it but I'm just letting everyone know that's what we're here to do 
that. I, I, I can't, I don't think I would support this from a, um, a long-term situation. I think if we extend it for new businesses for 60 days, um, but that's really, I just think that the, the weight of that permit volume and the weight of code enforcement and the weight of the monitoring <coughs> and and then, yeah, and then not everyone always is aware of the new ordinances or the new rules. So then, oh, well, my neighbor's got this out now. He said we can do it now. Yeah, and then there now there's all this, I don't know. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know how to work through that productively, I guess, is my concern. Yeah. Um, anyway, but that's why there's five of us out here. That's just where I am with yeah. it. So anyway. Very good point. Very good point. Very good point. So. I do like the idea of, of a temporary, I'm sorry, yes, uh, um, a possible temporary to to become solid if if after the sixty or ninety days whatever it is we determine um, if it's working well and, and the businesses are in, you know taking advantage of it uh, and it's not a not too much on the staff which is from, which is big from what I recall are there any other cities in Volusia County from that spreadsheet I recall that they don't allow it on a permanent basis do they no um, but they are occurring. Well, they're occurring because people are violating the code. Right. But there, no city actually has a program like this. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, you know, and another suggestion, you know, you could allow feather flags for a period of time, and then that's it. You know, it could be something temporary. Okay. Oh, like we just, like, let it be wild, wild west for six months, and they're all <laughs> Well, not six months, but yeah. <laughs> obviously a little more restrained, but you could allow it. People... Get their feather flags out. You know, you, you're allowing them to have that opportunity, and then, you know, and then it's just a festival of like sea of flags. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. That that's not an answer. I don't think that is an answer. It was creative, I, I so think, thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> More along the lines of just permitting them for, not specific to new businesses. No, no, no. I just understand. permitting them for in general for thirty so days, days, sixty days, or whatever. Every business in the city is not going to go out and right. Put feather flags out. Oh, just I see. Because, like we you know. have like rotating periods. Yes. Yeah. So there'll only be like one zone will only have uh, if there's 24. There'll only be eight flags at a time able to be out there. And of the 24, there may not even be always eight businesses who want to do it. And then business can only do it once. Once. Well, that's based off what's written. Right. right. No. No. Just. Now. Just yeah. like right now, our code specifically states that feather flags are not permitted. Right. Along the lines of what Ryan was saying is you could perm remove them from the not permitted sign type so they are permitted as a temporary sign and then just I think the temporary signs is like 30 days so extend that for the 60 days and then just leave it at that. And then address it and just see what kind of problems we might get. Right, because like I said, every business in the city is not going to go out but and a business could only do that one time. <laughs> yeah, so that's the temporary sign only allow it once per year. So. And you have to get a permit for temporary sign. Right. Correct. So, I mean, so there there are options. And obviously that would not take as much manpower because we're just processing right. the permit. Right. That's not a good idea. So. so if I own a business and I come for a temporary sign permit, I get it for 60 days, put my flag out. And then if I try to go back six months later from now and try to get another permit, obviously that's going to trigger something because we have a permitting process. Correct. And, and then easy it, to see. Right. And then a code enforcement officer you know, driving out, I'm assuming, has access to permits and could see whether or not there's an active permit for that temporary sign. Correct, yeah. So that, in theory, would be a little less manpower than maybe regulating all the zones. Correct. A lot, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
I know it gives the businesses a chance to get their feather flags out. So they're happy with that. And, and now you're talking about any business, though? Or are we just talking about new businesses? Any business. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... And we're going to try it for 60 days to see how it works. Well, I think under the, what we were just talking under the temporary, so no they, would, they, they would get it, yeah, no zones, okay. 30 Basically, days, 30 days a year, yeah. right? A temporary sign is 30 days per calendar year versus four, four times for 30 days, four know. months out of the year. So that's still less days out. Correct. But we could have more of a cluster. Correct. I just, I just hate to see them come back. I, I'm, no, I want them to be restri as restricted as we can and still allow them for new businesses. But I remember what it looked like, and I don't want to see it like this, that again. It was, it was bad. Do you think, Neil, the times have changed? It would, it would be a different approach to it? It, it might be. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to work it for, you know, to, to, to the buy <laughs> see. I'd like to see. You know, I'm, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to work it to see what, what kind of problems come up with. And then when we, we realize that, we can readdress it and see, do we want to continue with this or not? So what you're okay, let me just understand. So we put this in place as is, this program. That's what I'm doing. Is that what you're saying? For six, 90 days. That's what mayor is that what you were suggesting, DJ? Sixty or ninety, either way. I just would like to test the waters. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be this ordinance if council doesn't agree with it. But I, I think we need to know how much staff is going to be going. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we could, you know, we could queue it up. I could queue it up so that if if you wanted to do a test pilot program, I don't believe we could write in sunset date on it but we could probably queue it up so that once it's adopted that second reading that next month I take it to planning and zoning first reading at city council and then you guys on the third month for council you could then decide if you want to keep doing the I, I mean I could queue it up that way so that it's not like you're, you're waiting on the second reading to cancel this program if it's all haywire yeah, that sounds like what I'm willing to do. Just pull out the text. Because it would be a land development code change. So still adopt an ordinance with this. Correct. But then queue up. An ordinance to remove it. Correct. So okay. that in the event that the pilot is unsuccessful, then you guys have the out on that. Okay. Oh, okay. And then at that point, if for some reason it's unsuccessful, we can maybe go to the 30-day once a year um, time period. Yeah. Which is what we already, we basically what we already have, I guess. Mm -hmm. But not for feather. Right, 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 right. But then define that for those temporary signs, yeah. So moving forward, if we do not adopt this ordinance, I heard you state that you would. You, you would have to adopt the ordinance in order for it to become, a, in order for anyone to be able to do it. No, correct, correct. Moving forward. If we do not adopt this ordinance, we do not go. I heard Councilman Powers that he would be willing to um, to suggest new businesses to allow for 60 days instead of 30 days. Is that something that the council would be okay with? If, um, I'm if willing to go for 60 days. Give it some time. Does not work it out. Yeah. yeah, saying if this doesn't work, Correct. then just rescinding it or whatever, and then 60 days for new business. Correct. Just enhancing that new business 
fine for me. Yes, sir. Right. You know what I'm noticing here, too? These things, all this stuff that we're talking about, the code enforcement isn't on top of this stuff. We were, we're wasting <coughs> our time. Or don't have the manpower, right, which, right. Why, which is why the test would, yeah. you know. So, and then we could have a workshop with the code enforcement officers. Mm -hmm. Do you agree or disagree with that? I don't think it's going to work. Uh, nobody wants to hear that, but we don't have the manpower now to take care of that. I mean, you're talking about probably at least a half of a new code enforcement officer to do nothing more than track flags. And we only have, what, three? We have three and one's out. Yeah. yeah. FMLA. We have two functioning. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be a nightmare to police all the way around. I don't, I don't want to be a wet No, towel. that's good. That, yes, that's why we're talking. Thank you for saying that. that. That might help us. Help us better decide. Because it, it, it yeah. I, I think just comparing what other, and again, just because something's being done a certain way doesn't always make it right. But I think looking at other other communities in Volusia County, no one else just that has a program like this that allows it in general. Um, and I think there's really practical reasons that play into that. And I think part of that is the regulation. And then I think the other part is, again, all the work that people have done through their CRAs and through their commercial business requirements, landscaping requirements, facade requirements. Um, and really, US-1, like, US-1 is how you drive through Edgewater, mm -hmm. too. Um, so, it, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I think you I'm just. You don't know unless you try. Yeah, but I think I'm at, I, I, listen, I'm one vote. I'm at it where I'm only willing to extend it for um, 60 days or anything. That's just where I am with it. That's where I am too. If it's going to happen, let's give it a try and see what happens. I still would like to see a temporary ordinance just so we know we could put this to rest and we could say to the small businesses that we tried it to the best of our ability. I would like that as well. All the complaints that I'm getting and the people that are coming to me wanting the feather flags are, have all been existing businesses that are kind of nestled back places that can't be seen. That people go in, they're like, I didn't even know you were here, and they heard about it through word of mouth, but I think they deserve a fair chance at advertisement. Oh, but then would the, but the feather flag would Wouldn't, would be at their front door? No, no, that's, that's, that was going to be my question. Where are you thinking about putting these flags? They have to be, on, as far as I am concerned, they have to be on the property that's, and, and it's new businesses. We're not going to let any business, are we? Are we talking about that's, anybody that wants a feather flag? That's the Oh no no no! I pull I pull that back. No no no! I, but no. it's but only permitted for how many days a year? I don't care how many days a year. Are we talking about right now the temporary signs? Yeah. Yes. The feather flag, your ordinance. Putting your ordinance in place as is. Oh, um, so essentially it would be thirty days. So we'd have to run for ninety to in order to give everyone an opportunity to do it. Um, because it restricts <coughs> it to a certain number of permits per zone for 30 days and in, in a quarter. So each. So there are a couple strip malls, I guess. This does beg the question of where, where, where like, I guess would we restrict looking at well, this, right? Looking at this, active. like speaking to your concern, Charlotte, then deciding, you know, right. would the flags be permissible? Obviously, they wouldn't be allowed in Independence. 
Correct. No. So, I mean, what I have here is that it should not be placed in the right of way within or amongst shrubbery and trees um, within the landscape buffer. So, if you just have grass in your landscape buffer, you can place it there. And I can clarify that in there. Um, but the site triangle obstructs pedestrian access from the coal lines and such. So, like, we have a couple strip malls that, like, have one on the US 1 front and then one that's behind that. So if I own a business in the back here, my feather flag would technically need to be like at my door. It's not like I could put it out on US one. You can. Right. So then, but the DOT is. It's still not serving business. a purpose then, because DOT is not going to allow it in the right of way. That's right. Right. So it'd have to be some sort of, you know, what if it's. So for those business owners who still don't have high visibility to begin with, still not going to be effective. Why not? I mean, they obviously. They could try and if there's just it's only pavement to US one and then sidewalk right away, right? The sidewalks within the right of way. Um, yeah, I mean we could work on something, but obviously if you start doing that and they have parking there, now you're filling parking spots with feather flags. May I ask a question? You said no other no other city has allows feather flags, right? To well to in Volusia County that in Volusia County. There's got to be a reason for that. And the, the problems that we're having trying to just work this thing out so everybody is satisfied should tell us right then, right there. And they were taken down once for a reason. Why do we need them? I know people have asked, but why? And if times are changing, feather flags are a thing of the past anyway. And that's a lot of time and effort and manpower putting into this on something that has already been dropped by the city and said, no, we don't want this. We don't want this look. And that's the look. The feather flags are the look. And, and that's what I object to. And just playing devil's advocate, you know, I know that businesses think that, you know, if the city's not allowing them to do a certain amount of advertising, that that is ultimately leading to the failure of, of, of their establishment, which I could understand. I, I do I think, don't. though, where you, you know, put... Your business has a lot to do with it. There's a lot of factors that go into it. And again, one flag that is still not on the main thoroughfare because it's back off of the main street. Like, how many people are still seeing that? So, you know, I just don't know how effective. It well, I think we're wasting our time I, on this. I was thinking that, like, I know um, different shops that are on the back end of a plaza, so you can't see them from the road. And I was assuming that if they were to get a feather flag, that I think they're thinking the same thing, that it would be along the road still at some point where people would, would draw their attention, salons. I mean, it could be in the landscape buffer, buffer in the grassed area, but obviously not amongst the trees or shrubs. Um, but if that parking lot, for example, doesn't have where those businesses sit, doesn't have anything but pavement, you know, how you'd have to have some sort of freestanding and then it's going to be in parking. So, yeah, without... It being in the landscape buffer where it is sodded, it will be challenging for certain businesses just based on the parcel they're on that they have their business. Um, and just to be clear, too, a lot of that is DOT then. That's not even necessarily us. That's putting something in the DOT right-of-way. <clears throat> well, to go back to the city right-of-way. We don't allow it either. Right. So we be loading them up every day. <laughs> Look, there was a reason they were removed other than just um, 
because of their beauty or their ugliness, whatever. There was a reason. And and I'm sorry, I just can't. I was willing to try it, but it's so complicated and it's going to take so much manpower to do this. I don't see why we are wasting our time and our money. Well, I think it, I think it was worth the conversation only because yes. businesses and residents were concerned about it. Yes. So it's worth yes. the conversation. And we, we've given it a lot of discussion. I still am convinced that we need to try something to tell our businesses that we we tried, we just didn't have the manpower. Maybe it does work out. Who knows? I, I still would like to have a, a temporary ordinance and then a, a code enforcement workshop to see how much manpower it really did take because we could sit here and talk about what could happen within the next five right. hours, yeah. and we really don't know unless we try. do it. It's <laughs> not per se on it. I agree. I'm, I, I'm, I'm willing to try it for, for 90 days or whatever it might be. And it doesn't have to be written in stone. It's not. And I also think just because we allow it doesn't mean that every business isn't going to run out and do it, and it's going to crowd everything. Well, we don't Some know. of the businesses we don't want it, but it's cheap advertising. We just don't know. Well, it's still expensive. Average <coughs> revenue is like two or three hundred dollars. Comparison. It's a good investment for them, and if we don't move forward with it after the ninety days. That's something they'll also need to. That's know. something they also need to consider too. Yeah, they're going to invest this flag two or three hundred dollars, and then we decide no, it's it's taking way too much manpower. <coughs> well, they could only time. use it one time. Uh, they can use it if it if it works well. They can use it three times a year or four times. Four. A year. Four. Oh, the way he's recommending. The way, if if it was all go perfect yes. and we're happy yes. okay. and not I a lot you. of manpower and okay. everyone follows the rules and brings their flag in at night and doesn't doesn't sneak their flag out when it's not their turn. I mean, there's so many variables to make it work or make it not work. And then I think it's going to be at the hands of the businesses to, to prove to, to do the right thing from the beginning and not be sneaky. And because I know, oh, well, they'll, know, they'll never know an extra two weeks here. You know, so-and-so down the street didn't put their flag up. I'll leave mine up. But we can't do it that way. As long as everyone's on the same page when we begin, um, it may work. And that is just making the point that that education, because I agree that that education will be a challenge, right? Because okay, this isn't this is only a ninety day thing if we do it on a temporary basis. So, you know, making just educating folks through that process, you know, because not everybody is aware of regulations or you know changes that are made. So, um, it may it may require you know before we even adopt it, it may require us to do some outreach so that the public is aware. And because it is such a short <clears throat> turnaround time to get those permits in to get and make sure people are aware that, hey, we're trying this test pilot out before we even adopt it. That way, you know, we're like, oh, wow, these feather flags really work because I only received eight feather flag permits in the city. So would the so so I'm assuming the, the permit technicians would receive and process those permits. Correct. How many permit technicians do we have? Right now we have uh, three. Three. And is something like that relatively, is it, I'm assuming that's something, would you review or can they review that on their own authority and approve that? Um, no, it, it's typically sent to a planner, but it's a pretty quick review. Okay. Um, I'm just, you know, looking at, I think, that everything going on, then what is the realistic turnaround for those permits? Um, they're pretty quick. They're pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with the 30 or not now, 60 day trial or whatever to review it afterwards to see what exactly is involved in it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm willing to do that. Did, did you say, sorry, I didn't mean to cut 
Did you state it had to be 90 days? If, if we're going with the model ordinance I provided okay. you, but if you wanted to try something else out, I could <coughs> formulate something else and then. I think 90, 90 days is plenty. That way, everyone, well, that way everyone gets a chance to add it. Because if you want to do 60 days, there may be businesses who didn't get the first round. They wouldn't okay. be able to. You say that it had to be 90. And again, just the education part of it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be willing to try it for the 90 day. Keep in mind that. It's also going to take three months. It's what? It's also going to take three months to become effective. The changes will have to go to the planning zoning board yeah. and then two readings at city council. Well, we don't. So that gives an additional time for us to get the word out. Yeah, to do the the kind of public huh? public education. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds good. <coughs> what would that look like? The public education? Will we send letters to all registered businesses letting them know what we're doing? I don't even know what that would look like. We're going to send everybody a feather, feather flag. <laughs> a feather flag pen. What about with the, their utility bill if it's an existing business in that district? Or? Those are all We've got several ways okay. of doing it. Okay, so that's your, that's your department. Yeah, I could, I, could hold, um, I could hold a workshop on Saturday for the public to come in and just Yeah, how many people do you think do. you're going to get here on a Saturday? I was just <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> but again, but again, if we're providing opportunity, then yeah. that's the opportunity we're providing. So, but absolutely, all right. Okay. Well, okay. So we are consensus of the council for temporary ordinance. And so I will queue up the repeal part of it as well, just so that you're covered. Anything. Yeah. So I, to yeah. have that coming through, just just behind it. Correct. Correct. That way, that way, if it doesn't work out, then you have that option. And, and and if it does, then you just vote it. Backyard chicken. Were you planning to discuss the decals and murals? Oh, I'm sorry, decals and murals. Separately or under this topic? Uh, I mean, I leave it to the. I, they kind of fall under within the same code. I, I would say separately. What are you talking opinion. about? That's fine. Decal and murals of businesses on the windows. Oh. They fall under what? Yeah, I think we just well, we should discuss them separately. Yeah, that's what I was suggesting. Yes. Yep. Okay. So you want to move on to chickens, or you want to discuss? We can discuss this. Murals. Murals. Okay. Okay. So. I apologize. I didn't have it quite in this order. So for the murals right now, um, I took the city of New Smyrna's code for murals, um, and I just made it a little bit more strict. Um, one of the difficult things about <coughs> murals, signs in general, um, is regulating them. Um, that's because of a Supreme Court decision, Town of Gilbert. And it says we can't regulate content. So it makes it very challenging to regulate signs in general. You can regulate the size of them, the number of them, the duration of them. But you can't really regulate content. Um, and so for the murals, in this case, I have uh, kind of analyzed what the city of New Smyrna Beach did. And in this case, got to get to it. Uh, in this case, it would be, again, something that would um, 
it'd be go it'd go to the planning and zoning board for a mural. So it'd be in an application, um, and the planning and zoning board again would have to make these finding of facts, and we could obviously take in what you had said last time. Um, so it doesn't depict obscene imagery. It's located within the B3 Highway Commercial Zoning District. Uh, it shall not constitute a, or create a traffic hazard for the use of neon or fluorescent colors. Um, it shall be limited to one facade, and it shall not include letters, trademarks, logos, lights, moving lights, or moving parts. Um, if it's located on the front facade, and I would need to clarify facing US 1, uh, it can't occupy more than 50% of that said wall, and that can't exceed 12 feet in height. Um, a mural located on a side facade would not be allowed to occupy more than 100% of a blank wall when the wall is below 16 feet in height. Uh, New Smyrna does it based on, they go all the way up to like 60 feet on some of their buildings. It's not terribly applicable to us, um, so I just kind of reduced it to what is more applicable, 16, 24 feet in height, which is pretty standard. Um, and then also, I don't know if you really want a mural that's on a 40-foot tall building. So. I don't. So what do we have that's existing for murals now? We don't. We don't. We okay. Do. Okay. Where in the room? Okay. Um, I guess I just want to know what the differences were between what we have and what we deserve. Oh, okay. Well, the first thing is, is um, Eliana Thomas. I just think it'll be an issue again. Well, when they become political, going to the plan and zoning board. Oh yeah, can we put this at the staff level? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just because, like, we could just put it under like a typical sign permit, right? Because I'm pretty sure <clears throat> somewhere for their murals, it's just a zoning permit, so it's just whatever it's fine. So I don't think we need to make this any any more cluttered than pretty straightforward what you've yeah. got down here. But that's in Article Six. This is Article Twenty, right? For U.S. Bridgewood, right? I think it adds a lot of character. I like murals right. if they're done nice. <coughs> okay, so this is this is just regulating the size, the so on and so forth. In in Article Twenty Four, our Ridgewood corridor for the Ridgewood corridor. And just to add some businesses that came forward with this that wanted to look into getting a mural, and they said there was no real ordinance that or guidance for it, yeah. and they didn't want to pay all this money to have an artist come out and do it, and then be told they have to paint it red. Yeah, no, yeah. So this just gives us that structure, obviously, moving forward. So the only question that I had, and I saw that there was no words, like one of the ones that had spoken to me about it said they wanted to have some, like how Deland has like the Deland wings, they wanted to do something with like wings and put like Edgewater, Florida on it. So would that kind of negate that, just even to put the city name or anything else? So the way I have it written now, yes. Um, the intent originally was to use the wall sign for your text, and that is limited. You can have your wall sign with your text and that, you know, identifying your business or whatnot. And then the mural itself is just the image. Whatever you're depicting, um, and that really, and that's not used for a secondary sign. Correct. Yes. Correct. It doesn't. You know, you don't have your monument sign, and then you got your wall sign, and then you have a 16-foot mural that then says, 
the name Eddie's of the Bistro on, in addition to already. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Eat more burgers. Burger <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I don't have a problem. With I think no. it's a great ordinance at the staff level. That's my only concern. Okay. Yeah, if we can make it at the staff level, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. yeah. Staff level as well. Okay. We all agree with this ordinance moving forward. Backyard chicken. <clears throat> what about a council compensate that you were waiting for? I was. Okay. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Okay, backyard chicken. You got clear direction on details? Um, oh, no, details. so we, we should probably talk about oh, details sorry. as well. That's all right. Um, this one I brought up just looking around. So the state of the city right now, and not to single out any one particular business, I just took some messages. Um, a lot of businesses currently in US-1 have decals on their building, and I, it doesn't look um, bad at all. So part of the concern is that a gentleman did approach me um, about two weeks ago about putting up decals. And again, of course, it was a statement, well, the person next door to me has mm -hmm. more than 25%. Why can't I do that? And so I said, well, we probably need to make a, take a look at what percentage we can actually utilize for decals because most people are using more than just, um, well, it's not even 25%. So um, it's <coughs> between four feet and seven feet above the okay. ground. So this one, my apologies, mine is that the front doors can't be covered more than 25%, and then all other buildings would be 75%. Right now is the window area and the glass door area between four feet and seven feet. For this, it's mostly just cleaning up the wordage because businesses are already doing it and it doesn't look bad, so we're just kind of trying to update it to make Correct, it and we're, we're not code enforcing it. I mean, it would be very difficult. And it just makes sure there's nothing but it's just, it gives us a, yeah, It just gives us a set of parameters moving forward. I do want to throw a caution to the wind on this one. It's my understanding that if you're in the building looking out, you can see out. From the outside in, you can't. So for safety reasons, I would like the police chief to weigh in on his thought process on this. Years ago, that was a thing, uh, especially with um, convenience stores and things of this nature, um, and one clerk, because the police driving through the parking lot can't see in. So I would like for him to weigh in on that. Okay. Where are we? Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Backyard chickens. All right, so this ordinance was crafted um, in relation to, I used the city of Cocoa um, and then looked at also the city of New Smyrna Beach. So this one, the intent here was to kind of match. Um, Bonnie, if you could go to the, thank you, this one. So right, this is the proposed pilot program that the city of Cocoa did. And so there are RU1 through 7, RU1 through 7A. So you can see the minimum size there is 7,500 square feet and 10,000 square feet. So applicable here would be R1, R2, and R3. 
at 86, 25, 10,000, and 12,000. You can see that the lot widths and the lot depths are very similar, and in, in our cases, we have larger lots, um, single family only, and then the setbacks would be pretty much the same. The difference on this one um, would essentially be the number of chickens that I had put in here was two versus four, and then obviously five um, elsewhere, and then uh, there's some more stormwater considerations versus uh, some of the, like the city of Cocoa and the city of New Smyrna Beach, as well as this is an annual renew for the permit. Um, one thing that is different about ours is that I wouldn't require a class. There's a extension course for agriculture. Um, so I took that one out, but that of course that was that was what both cities had adopted was that the applicant had to demonstrate they met that, they had taken that course. Um, I thought that was a little onerous. I don't want chicken. Okay, yeah. What? <laughs> I don't want chicken. Yeah, so my, my concern is now, it's like, we, I think we deal with a lot of, you know, maybe animals getting loose right now in Florida Shores, and there's a lot of, you know, animal on animal attacks. You know, I think that wouldn't, that would just continue in this situation. Uh, it would create more complexities um, because that is something we're already seeing, so we know it'll happen. Um, and then again, just dealing with what if somebody has more than two? Do we confiscate a chicken? Yeah, so I mean, that that <laughs> would be the challenging thing is that them. there is no animal shelter in pollution that will take chickens. That, that take, take chickens. chickens. No, so yeah, animal. this. That process of confiscating chickens, you know, we would have to either hey, figure out a system where to put them or... You confiscate them and you give them to the, the food bank. Virginia Street. Oh, no. You give them to the food banks and let them do something with the chickens, like make chicken soap. I don't, I don't think legally we the, could, because they're technically people's pets, I don't think we legally we could... Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I just, I think this was really, really well crafted. I'm not in support of it. That's just, you know, I'm not adding anything to this conversation. I don't like the, I mean, I don't like the number of two because my whole thing was a lot of residents thought this past years ago when it came to Fort Council. So you have a lot of people who already had them and they believe that we could have four. There was somebody who posted online asking for thoughts and then all most of the comments were, oh, you can have four, you can have up to five, and no roosters, and people think we can have But I think that's because of the county regulations, right? Because certain ag county yes. zonings allow it. So I think people are confusing those. Correct, One and right right now in the city, in ag and rural transition, you are allowed to have Right. Just not in our residential. That's just misinformation. Yeah. 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 Wasn't the last code that came before council that failed up to four? That was a different... That was a different Development Services Director, too. So, yeah. The defer on that. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, all I know is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all I do, I have some questions. And then I have, uh, first, my first question is, um, um, as far as our waste goes, if this was to go through, um, and I've read it needs to be in an airtight container, um, how does it get disposed of? Does it go with our regular trash? Yeah, so it go with development or environmental services. Um, and Randy had a lot of input into this code um, when I sent it out to the technical review committee. Um, so there are 
those kind of considerations as well as stormwater. That's what my next question was in stormwater. Would yeah, that, so there, there's built into here the allowance for us to inspect the area to make sure that there's not an accumulation of waste so that the nutrients going into the stormwater are not excessive <clears throat> and not leading to, you know, water quality concerns and what is required of us at the city. Um, and that's an annual inspection that would go into this. That's yep. another manpower thing. Yeah, also, yeah, would it be yeah. for homeowners well, and renters? I mean, if what if yeah. a renter, if this was the pass, and a renter. That's a good question. A renter was yeah. to go there and, and maybe not have permission from the homeowner and build a, a half reckless coop and, and have three or four chickens because they don't care, they don't follow the rules. Um, and then they, I don't know, there's just, there's so many what ifs. Not that it will happen, but what if. So it would it be if it was to go into play, would it be for just homeowners or for renters? with the homeowner's permission? Yeah, so essentially the way this would operate, like a standard permit, you'd have to have the property owner's approval to do this. Um, so yeah, if you were a renter, you would need to get approval. Right, because when you apply for a permit, you have to be a property owner. Unless you're like, well, yeah, you sign an affidavit. Yeah. Um, and you have a contractor who pulls the permit on your behalf. Right. Well, I think we're. Just, I, I don't know about the rest of the lake. Jonah has just said that he wouldn't go with it. I don't want. We we got rid of. There again, I'm going back. We got rid of that chicken once already. I think Bonnie gave us uh, the minutes of those that meeting, so we knew what happened then. So why open an, another can of worms? I mean, chickens are are not, in my opinion, do not belong in a residential area. You want chickens, go in agriculture. Don't have them in a residential area. Well, I agree with what Jonah said um, as far as neglect. You know, volunteering with the Edgewater Animal Shelter, we see so much neglect, neglect, abandonment. You know, horrible things these happen to these animals, dogs and cats, and and the shelter and all the volunteers come and they have to rescue these animals. Um, there's going to be no one there to rescue the chickens, and there's just there's so much abuse out there now. I just hate to see this be put in play and then have to have the repercussions of, you know, what if. On the back end. Yeah, and there, I mean, there's certainly, if we had to confiscate chickens, you know, there would certainly be a cost to taxpayers to then house those chickens until they either comply or we figure out a way to. Um, and we don't have a viable way, or viable solution of dealing with it right now. Yeah, correct. Would we keep them? And what about the, all the, like, the, the coyotes and foxes we're here and all these, these wild animals are coming into the shores. <laughs> I've seen pictures daily almost from Facebook. Um, and then if we add chickens to the scenario, it's now they're going to be attracted to come into someone's backyard where maybe they wouldn't have before. And if you have a dogs and cats, you let your dog out at night to the bathroom. And, you know, your neighbor has chickens. And then the foxes, you know, or the coyotes in, in the yard. I don't know. It's just that's another scary thought to have. They're, they're coming in, to, coming into our neighborhoods anyhow, but we're like offering little snacks for them to come in. <laughs> Not offered. I love chickens. My son had my son had four chickens, and they were the best things ever. Um, they ended up not keeping them for they had them two years, and then it was too much work. And there's a lot of work and upkeep that goes along with it. And and they did they they did all the homework on it. They knew what they were doing. And at the end of the day, they're like, well, you know, it's just it's just too much. So it's not for everyone. But they were in an area where they were able to have some chickens. But they had they had a they had a fox or something come in their yard in the middle of the night, and they had it on the camera. It slithered in. It was maybe not even a fox. It was a slithering animal. It went into the coop, and the coop was tight. It got in there. It 
They killed two chickens. It pulled them through the wire. It was oh my God. horrible. It was all on the video. And then the one was a beautiful white fluffy thing. Oh, loved it to death. The little fluffy uh, feet. And it was, in, it was in pieces in the garden. It was like heartbreaking. I know it's natural and it's a circle of life, but it was sad. But if we can avoid some of those problems. Yeah. Yes. I just think of it the way I think of the signs from before. It's people already have them, and I just was looking for regulation moving forward because they're already there. It's well, then not... they're in violation of our code. The code that runs, it forbids chicken strikes. Correct. But again, it goes back to kind of the even. What we were getting at is, okay, but how do we code enforce people who but have see, But now, though, we could, inf we could impose a code enforcement case. Like, they would have to deal with the magistrate at that point if they don't comply. <coughs> then it turns into property liens, right? right? And this way now it's just more complicated in terms of sort of halfway in, halfway out regulation. Yeah. Well, I just have one question. Do they have to get a permit for the coop, and then will the coop have to be inspected, or how? That's you know, creating more manpower. No, we, I mean, I probably wouldn't inspect the coop. No, we would just get a permit for it. And then that creates a wind liability. And Say we require permits for sheds, right? Uh, no, we require a permit for a shed. Wait, we require a permit for a shed. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. And sheds are inspected after the permit to make sure they're inspected. Right. The chicken coop would not. I was just referring to a thing like that to get a permit for a thing. Mm -hmm. That's who you were at that point. I really don't have any further comments. I would just like to see this come to because I have gotten a lot of like I've had a lot of community members come to me once they realized it was not allowed that were upset that it was not allowed. And I would just like to see this go to at least something where there could be public comment since there is no public comment with the workshop to see how residents feel about it. Well, I think if you go on Facebook and you see all the comments about <coughs> the chickens, I think we're just wasting our time. So which cities, so Coco, which is not Volusia County, are there, so I know New Smyrna has certain allowances, but that was really just because of the whole beloved Flagler Avenue situation. So do they allow it residential? No, I believe So no not. other, does any other city allow it in residential zoning? I didn't look that far out. Okay. Um, I know COCO did because they had this model ordinance, and that's what I pulled up. Um, it was a pilot program. It's still in effect. Um, but, yeah, and I know Volusia County does. Mm. Volusia County in residential areas? Well, no. It, well, On it's... On lot. Okay. From what I research. Yeah. Okay. It's, okay. I mean, agriculture. It has to be inspected before yeah. everything. Make sure it's in a certain area that allows it. Yeah, I'm a... Just as far as how it is now, even with the concerns of code enforcement, I called Jeff earlier to ask, and they said we get roughly five complaints a month with that, but we get three a day for cats and dogs. Well, cats and dogs are allowed in residential areas and cities. I just, I just have a problem with chickens in a city. If you want chickens, go out into the country and have your chickens. Speaking of cats and dogs, I off the subject, I'd like to see an ordinance where if you have an animal that's over, say, 40 pounds, I'd like to see it have to be registered within the city so if, it, heaven forbid, it does get out, something happens, <coughs> you know where that animal is coming from. All dogs are supposed to be registered. How is that enforced? 
Oh, well. <laughs> so we should definitely everything, but everything, but it's already on the books. The rule's already there. But again, it's an enforcement. Issue, uh, let's, right? let's let's finish. So, is there consensus of the council or any further comment on on this? Yeah, I'm a no. So there is not consensus of the council. Oh, so no. Moving forward, item B: City Council compensation. Hold hold, hold on, Mayor. What what do you want to do with this? It's all no. Yes. Consensus is no. It's yes. Down. Not majority consensus. So, what do we do about the people that have the chickens now? <coughs> they keep them. I'll talk to you. Or, there's, or there's code enforcement cases and yeah. they have to go through that process. Yes. Okay. All right. City Council. Thank City you. Council Thank you. compensation Thank and you. wages. Staff report? Well, there really isn't one. Um, as we reported at the last meeting, Council meeting, you need to tell us what you want to do as far as that raise is concerned, um, or per meeting, per diem, if you will, um, before we can write the ordinance. I was going to say, Aaron, I just have a question. Yes. No, okay. No, go ahead. Um, can you break it down for me, the allowance in the charter that even gives us the ability to do this? Sure. Um, the city council is authorized to adjust the annual salary for the mayor and council members by ordinance but no ordinance increasing such salary shall become effective until the date of commencement of the terms of the council elected at the next regular election, provided that such election follows the adoption of such ordinance by at least six months. Additionally, changes to compensation shall only be adjusted every five years. Okay. So that's not a per diem per meeting to me is what that sounds like. I'm just trying to understand what we're doing. Are we giving a per diem or are we just increasing? The charter does talk about adjusting the annual salary. It, it does not speak to per diem. Okay. When's the five years? That's what we, you and I discussed on the phone, that it doesn't restrict it. Right. There's nothing There's nothing in there that includes per diem. I didn't call it per diem. Oh, okay. Um, a per meeting charge, however you want to. That's what right. Gigi brought up to me. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought that was the original discovery, like this per meeting. Yeah. That's what it was. By doing that, you would be adjusting the annual salary. Overall. Overall. Okay. So but it, it has to be, be a done per meeting rate, ordinance. not just a general yeah. increase. Right. So we, we from what I understand, we need to decide. If we want to do this, and per diem, if that's what you call it. Or no, that's what I'm trying to That's what I just don't, I don't, is it a, just an increase, or is it, it would be, per meeting situation? Yeah, the it's effect of meeting. it would be an increase to the annual salary. So it would, but our basic okay. salary would stay the same. Correct. Okay. Okay. So that's how, it's sort of this extra kind of ability extra, that it provides. You'd be adding to the annual salary. Because otherwise, do it that way. it's a referendum situation. It's a balance right. situation. Right. right. To so, give us an out and out raise yeah. on our existing salary. Okay. That's what I needed to understand was being proposed here. Exactly. Like the mechanics of it, right? So, okay. Okay. How about 100000 a meeting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We'd go broke real fast. I'd like a million a meeting. Let's, let's do that. So, I, we need a I don't really have any real input in this. Um, I think it's probably important just for people to be able to, you know, 
<clears throat> at least make up the cost of what it costs to attend events and do the things that it takes to do. Um, I went into it knowing what it was, and I'm comfortable with the way it is now. So I don't. That's really all I have to say at this point with it. So, when is the five-year period up? Uh, should to be discuss up the salary soon. again. It should be that we should be doing a charter review. Charter review. Um, Maybe it's the year next year. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah. That's five years, and then it would be voted upon in twenty twenty-six. If the charter review uh, committee, you know, recommends that, then yeah. But I thought, okay, wait. But I thought the way the per meeting goes, oh, it still has to go to ballot either way. No, 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 no. no. no if there's no changes. Yeah, I mean, right. The Charter Review Committee can recommend changes to this language on compensation. And that, oh, that you're would talking go to about referendum. the okay, okay. Yeah, you can adjust your annual salary by ordinance. Sure. Right. You're just saying in order to change the process and how we do it, it would obviously need to be done. Yes. Via by yeah. referendum. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you guys think? Well, I'm kind of like with Jonah. Um, I came in knowing what the salary was. Um, and if if there's more added to it, that's fine. But I, I don't. It, for me, it's 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 I'm either way. So I will definitely support if you guys decide that's what you want to do. Well, let me let me just say, every time, and I've been on a lot of charter <coughs> reviews. Every time we put it up for a referendum to give ourselves a raise, the they vote it down. They'll pass everything else, but they'll vote that down. I was the one that talked to Glenn about we need, I feel, from all the years I've been here, that we need a little bit more compensation than what we actually get paid. We deserve more because we do a lot of stuff for the city and have lots of meetings and all. I broached this, and, and they said what well, we could do that for meeting or whatever you want to call it, however we do it. We can basically give ourselves a raise uh, based on... He can do it. By can, ordinance. By yeah. ordinance, yeah. So all I'm suggesting and saying, everybody complains. I hear everybody complain that we're the lowest paid in the Volusia County. We are. And I think that we deserve a decent salary. That if you didn't have anything else, you could at least supplement your own your other income. But you know, you can't live on what we make. But it's not. In, but it's, it's not. In, that it's not intended to. I know, but well, you look around at all these other cities and how much they're paying their council, fourteen, fifteen, thirty thousand dollars. Still not a full salary, and, but yeah. And we get seven thousand dollars a year. I mean, come on, people. That much of a, I didn't know there was even that much of a difference. Oh yes. So we are the lowest. Even Oak Hill pays more than we do. New Smyrna Beach Mayor is approximately around thirty-five thousand. But um, you know, we all knew what we were getting into. We yes. all knew financially what we were going into, and I don't think we're all complaining about that. But here's what the bigger picture is. We do not have an expense account. Commissioners in various communities around us do. I, I most of the time spend my own money on gas, which is fine. We do not have, as of today, I know that this may be changing, for the past year we have not had anyone helping with our cell phone bills. I, I don't know how many calls you guys get in one day, but on an average, I count of mine as 25 a day. Um, and I, I think that we are the lowest paid council in Volusia County. But we knew what we were getting into, but I, I think we have to keep up with the times. The 
cost of living, of course, is going up, and every job, everything is increasing. Ours is 6% this year with our own employees. Uh, I think we do need to do something because various councils have, like I stated, expense account. We don't have anything. And I know I've taken multiple trips without any per diems or anything like that, which I'm not complaining. I, I love doing it for the people, but I, I think we do need to do something. And like Ms. Bennington stated, um, they are – New Smyrna Beach is not much more um, population than ours, and their council – is almost paid a livable wage if something their, were to happen. To their, their tax value is $5 billion more than ours. Correct, but salaries go by population for council, typically. Or just what we can afford to. So. County That's commissions true. do. County commissions do. We have been at this rate for I can't tell you how long. 2015. We didn't have a raise in 2015. It was the last um, election year, um, just before. But we didn't get a council. The charter didn't pass for a raise for the, the people. For us, I'm, tell, I'm saying every time that the charter has been voted on, the people have voted no for a raise. And, and all I'm saying is we deserve some compensation for what we do. We do the research. We may not go to the meeting, but we do all the research. We meet with the, the department heads. We meet with Glenn. We have a vested interest. We take a lot of our own time to do this, and we should be compensated better than what we're being paid now. I think the points have been made, so then how do you want to deal, deal with it? Well, I would suggest that per meeting we get a certain amount per diem for each meeting over the 12 meetings. Okay, and what is that? Well, that's what we're, we're going to discuss. What's it worth? I would think it should be at least $50 a meeting. When you say meetings, do you mean um, tack on to each of the 12 council meetings and then, and then also the workshops? Any meeting that isn't in the once-a-month regular meeting is a, a special meeting. Well, what can we afford a budget for? You happen to have that amount, or can we approve this in the budget? It would be easier for budgeting if it was a set amount. raise. Yeah. yeah. Just per year. I think it would be too hard to yeah. guess who yes. misses meetings and things like that. Yeah, exactly. because then we'd have, have to get with it would vary. Okay, well, then every. It would be simpler just to increase your annual salary. Okay. At, in some amount. And you're certainly authorized to do so that. So let me ask you this. In New Smyrna, I think, does it based off of whatever half of the county council makes? Which I don't know what that is. Is egregious, obviously. So it's like, where's where's the landing point then? Right now, I'd I'd settle for. Well, I'd even settle for ten to tell you the truth. But I think we're worth more than that. I I just throwing it out for you guys to decide. A number. I mean, I don't want to be to say, bringing this up and then I'm going to say, okay, well, I think we should be paid X number of dollars. I think it's for us to decide what so it's what, worth to us. So what is New Smyrna? How much are they so at your council? I read. Last, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. The last I heard, I don't know how true. It's around thirty-two to 35000 That's what the mayor made. Oh, the mayor, okay. Yeah, I, I haven't really spoke to other commissioners about their salary. Um, and then again, I know that Port Arms mayor is lower than the New Smyrna Beaches mayor. 
so you can't hardly tell which applesauce. His is around, I believe it's all puddle water. Of course, it's awkward. It's it's around 28,000 years old. Yeah. I can get that information. I've seen it somewhere for some reason. I remember it. I think it was, I think it was because of the last charter review in 2020. Mm -hmm. I think I saw those numbers come through. Yeah. And it was comparing what is the process for these other councils? How do they go about it, right? So, but. Um, they don't have it listed in anything. Bonnie, you could also get the budget amount for the other cities to compare their budget with their salaries. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think New Smyrna Beach, last time I looked, their population and budget was, were only like 10% greater than Edgewater. Okay. And we got to do this in the next six months, right? Or what has to be passed by, by when? By six months before okay. uh, November. Right. The mayor of Daytona Beach makes $41,050 annually, and the commissioners each make 23650 per year. That sounds about like half of county guessing. So it's county each one at Daytona Beach? Yes, ma'am. Daytona Beach. Daytona Beach. Daytona. Yes. What, what were you saying about? Oh, never mind. I was just it. saying it might make sense to compare budgets and population um, of neighboring cities when we look at their salaries. And be honestly and fair rather yes. than arbitrarily right. something out exactly. there. Yeah. Uh, January 27, 2022, there's an article. I'm not sure if it passes or not. Um, currently, there's salary. Um, The ordinance would raise council pay to $25,810 and the mayor to $34,414. Oh, it did not pass. This ordinance did not pass. So currently it states the mayor Burnett's pay was $18,600 in 2022. Yeah, I, I, I think 18, we should 18, have at least double digits. What is the mayor? What do, I, I don't know what you mean. Eight thousand. Uh, I got it right here. <laughs> no, nine. I think nine. it's nine. Ninety-five, twelve plus cost of living adjustment. Nine. No, I don't get that. Nine thousand nine hundred and thirty-five dollars. Yes, it's barely a little bit over what we make. It comes out to seven hundred thirty-two dollars. So I, I think this is something we we need to look at, and and Bonnie, if she can get that information, so we can. It's a good story. Yeah. And, and see where we're going, but it, I think it's definitely something we we should concentrate on because we're we're taking care of everybody else. We need to take care of ourselves. I was always taught before you can take care of anybody, you got to take care of yourself. Which is true as a oh. as a mother. And and you know I've been doing this job for a lot of years. When I first started, I was making one thousand dollars a year, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, boy, that's nice. I can spend that. <laughs> and now. Seventeen years later, I'm making seven thousand. That doesn't equal right. <laughs> and I don't think we're complaining. We knew what we were getting into, but times yeah. have changed. Things are going up, and we're, we're not adjusting our pay to other municipalities around us. That's the biggest thing. And in other municipalities, council is paid a livable wage. And and you know another thing, when we did the last charter review, uh, everyone that on the charters want, wanted. Well, we did put um, raise our compensation, but they were on the opinion, opinion that if we paid more, we could get 
better qualified, more, you know, not that we're not qualified, but it opens the door because somebody's not going to do it that's got a, a, a well job, a good job that would be great on council, but they're not going to give that up for, for $7,000 a year. Council doesn't not supposed to give up their job. Like, which is I was going to say, well, I'm also concerned say, about people who like are looking for a paycheck too. Like, well, that's, yeah, but so anybody that goes into this shouldn't be looking for a paycheck. Well, no, that's but sure. what are we saying? So in New Smyrna Beach in 2007, the salary was twenty thousand nine hundred sixty-one dollars in 2007. Wow, and so that was nearly half as low population as the Green Leaf residents get. Well, I think we're all in agreement that we need to do something. And Jonah, just because Bonnie you're not going to benefit from it, that's it's, Bonnie should come up with. It has nothing to do with it. I'm right just, now. I'm just. And we should, we should come up with a, a decent amount. And I don't think it's going to be a large one by any means. We're not looking for a livable wage. I just was stating what other municipalities are asking. Okay, <coughs> seeing nothing. Moving forward, we are. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Got to schedule the next one. The workshop? Yeah, the next one, if we stick with the calendar, is supposed to be on February 19th. Uh, that's President's Day and we're closed. Um, we normally move those to the next Monday, which is uh, February 26th. Um, what I would suggest there is a quarterly staff update because the quarter just ended December 31st. We can have that. Uh, we can bring back this information. Oh, and the police had a, or a um, study done on staffing. Yeah. Okay. And that, that comp company would like to give a presentation. Okay. You want them to do it on the 26th? Is that what you're saying? Right? I'm free that day. Does that work with every other member? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So the 26th. 4 p.m.? Yeah, 4 p.m. I was just curious, <clears throat> didn't we normally do it at 4.30? Do what? Yeah. Normally. Okay. Well, yeah. Once make... upon a time we did, but okay. well, quite a while ago we changed workshops before. Yeah. Okay. All right. So okay. Because we are adjourned. We have nothing on the 12th.